Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to r slash entitled parents, the movie Karen Gone Rogue. In this epic episode, I'll be showing you guys some of the very best entitled parent stories from the past few months, including a lot where Karens just go absolutely mental. Like, don't get me wrong, we're all used to entitled people doing entitled things, but in this video in particular, you're going to see entitled people doing absolutely unthinkable crazy things. Here we go. Entitled mum lets her son destroy a hundred-year-old antique table. I, a 24-year-old woman, previously posted in r slash child free about one of my mother's younger friends, an entitled mum in her early 40s, who I first knew as carefree and wonderful until she had her first kid. That child ended up being a complete brat with her mother's encouragement. But the entitled mum had another child, a son, who's now four years old, who I kind of liked because he wasn't as intense as his older sibling. As of last night, that has changed. For context, my mother's greatest joy in life, other than her kids, is antiquing. She dresses every room in her house very carefully and will stop at every vintage shop around to find a piece of furniture, sometimes using road trips to find new antique stores and examine what's inside. I used to hate going with mum to these stores, but since she took all three of us kids and told us that these used to belong to other people, I think it gave us an early respect for other people's things. We were never the kids to break stuff or jump on furniture in our homes or anyone else's, and I'm pretty sure that that contributed to it. When she was pregnant with my oldest sibling in 1990, mum found a small circular wooden table with three curved legs topped with a circle of marble, The shop proprietor told her it was 70 years old, so she bought it for a song, shined it up, and stuck it in her living room, where it immediately became a staple of our house. The coffee table lasted her through three kids' college graduations, a move in 2000, and countless family parties and events, still shiny and looking new and gorgeous. It's as much a part of the family now as any of us kids. Now to last night. The entitled mum's birthday recently occurred. So, since she'd given mum a birthday celebration last month, mum decides to return the favour, inviting the entitled mum, her husband, and their kids to our house for lobster. Already, I'm not a fan of this. Whenever the entitled mum and her kids come over, my mum makes a serious effort to give the kids something fun to do while the adults talk. We have a collection of colouring books, blocks, dolls, Legos, puzzles, action figures, and a TV in the basement from when my siblings and I were growing up. And mum even bought them some new toys herself. But inevitably, the kids would play down there for two minutes and then come to their mum to complain that they're bored, then proceed to wreak havoc on our house. My parents, who the entitled mum sees as her kids' aunt and uncle, have warned the kids many times not to jump on things but they do not listen. The oldest kid is also very combative and likes to pull hair and hit people, as I learned firsthand. 
Anne broke a holiday decoration given to my dad by his late mother Of course the entitled mum coddles her kids and coos that they're the best in the world and all that bs I told my mum repeatedly that I don't want to be around the kids or their parents, but she brushes it off In fact, she likes to tease me for not interacting with the entitled mum and not coming downstairs when she visits And says that the entitled mum shouldn't get in the way of me living my life I live with my folks and i'm invited to attend the party but i make my usual choice of opting out since i've just finished the first week of a new job i intend to celebrate with a day at the bookstore and a night with friends but yesterday morning as i was preparing to leave mum asked why i was going to leave her to deal with the two kids by herself i told her that i wasn't going to let them get in the way of me living my life She laughed and wished me a good day and I left my day was wonderful I spent the morning and early afternoon at my favorite bookstore The evening with my friends at a wine bar and the night with them at a karaoke room I come home around 11 30 that night and enter from a door in our sunroom Where my parents are asleep on the couch watching tv I wake them up tell them about my day and they seem genuinely happy. It went so well to be polite I ask how the party went My folks get quiet and look at each other and my mother sounding very drained tells me to go into the living room the next room over Confused I look through the doorway and immediately see why the beautiful table now a century old is broken It's three curved wooden legs were bisected and splintered There's a small crack in the marble top and a collection of wood shards litter the carpets what happened i asked earlier that day around 6 30 p.m my dad and the entitled mum's husband went to pick up my grandpa plus a steamer for the lobster while they were away mum had worked to settle the kids into the basement and reminded them not to jump on anything then gone to the living room to converse with the entitled mum as they are talking my mother leaves to go to the restroom at the other end of the house she stops in the kitchen before returning and hears a crash in the living room Mum runs in and lo and behold the four-year-old son had become bored come upstairs to the living room and started jumping on furniture including the ancient table while his entitled mum just watched my mother is predictably horrified and stares as the entitled mum examines her son for injuries and reassures my mum that the kid is fine mum gets sick to her stomach takes the son aside and tells him in a serious but not yelling voice that auntie is very disappointed in him and that he knows the rules at my house the entitled mum overhears and berates my mum telling her that she is the only one who can speak that way to her kids before cuddling her son and telling him that he's going to be okay mum then outright asks the entitled mum if she herself told the kids not to jump on furniture at our house she replies casually no I didn't tell them not to the husbands return and all three men are shocked The entitled mum's husband immediately offers to pay a carpenter to fix the table which my mother accepts Dinner goes on but it's cold and impersonal between mum and the entitled mum This morning the entitled mum her son and the husband came by our house to give mum a bouquet of flowers An apology and the number of a carpenter who they'll pay for She puts on a smile and says thank you, but she's very upset nonetheless My dad doesn't want the kid in our house again until he's older Mum says she'll be keeping her distance from the entitled mum for the time being Since she can't teach her kids to respect other people's property or discipline them properly My heart breaks for my mum 
I don't plan on having kids, but if you do, please teach them at an early age to respect other people and their things. Oh, yeah, look, I mean, you can obviously get this kind of like semi-repaired. I don't think it'll be by a carpenter, but by someone that knows what they're doing, I'm sure they can do a good job on it and, you know, get it close to how it was before. But this is an antique. You know, you're never going to get it in that perfect condition that it was in before this idiot of a son. Sorry, I don't blame the kid. This idiot of a mother let her son jump on it and, and just destroy it. Like, why go through all the hassle of letting your kid jump on furniture when you know your friend is massively into antiques anyway and these items of furniture can't just be replaced like that? It's not as if it's like some desk from Ikea. No, it's 100 years old, by the way. Why just not tell your kid in the first place to not do these things and avoid the hassle of him obviously breaking things? He's four years old. He's gonna do that if you don't tell him not to. Come on, it's so, like, illogical. I don't get it. Right then, now moving on to our second story of today's episode. Entitled parent throws coffee on me when i'm half her age so this happened years ago now at my first job but i figured i'd finally post it it remains to this day 17 years later the worst customer experience i've ever had so 15 year old me has their first job at an amusement park i worked in the games department and this day i was working one where you fish magnets out of the water that moves around pick up yellow you get a small prize pick up a red magnet you get a medium one you pick up both red and yellow it counts as yellow you get a small prize and shaking the magnets off to try again gets you banned from the park for cheating at the games people needless to say don't realize this so the first time we always just tell people hey just so you're aware shaking the magnets off can be considered cheating so for next time make sure you just leave them on okay now we get to the main story so an entitled kid who is about nine or ten and his entitled mum, who is early to mid 30s walk up to the booth and my co-worker takes the money gives the kid the stick with a magnet and goes to help someone on the other side while i'm restocking our medium price display the kid goes for a red magnet and catches about six yellow magnets instead well he doesn't want a small prize obviously so he looks at my co-worker grins when he sees she isn't paying attention to him and starts shaking them off. I, however, did see. So I grab the small prize bin, walk over, and put my hand on the stick. Not on him. Okay, go ahead and pick your small prize. Just so you know, too, shaking the magnets off can be considered cheating. So for- Excuse me, the entitled mum interrupts. How dare you accuse my son of cheating? He doesn't cheat. Oh, sorry. Uh, she then starts to yell. He would never cheat, you freaking dog. How dare you accuse him of that? He's a good boy, you little idiot. I'm getting you fired for this, you little freaking female dog. She takes the lid off her cup while yelling at me. I hadn't noticed at the time because I was 15 getting screamed at by a random adult and threw her half full coffee at me. It wasn't burning hot, but it was still warm. By this point, of course, other workers in nearby games had more than noticed, along with a small group of adults who were playing the games too. She seemed to realize she probably shouldn't have thrown the coffee when I burst into tears and just started sobbing on the spot. I mean, I was 15 and at the time not emotionally stable by any stretch. So she grabs her entitled kid's arm and drags him off, throwing the small prize back into the booth without aiming. I'm honestly not sure where it landed as I wasn't in a good state. Ah, must have been Texas then, I guess. <laughs> okay, can I say that? No. The co-worker at the Whack-A-Mole station ran back to call security since we had a phone behind the Whack-A-Mole booth. 
and the people at the milk jug toss and scatterball stations ran over to help me out of the booth with the co-workers at our booth and into where the phone also was to get me out of the public eye while security came and took everyone's descriptions of the entitled mum. Fortunately, no one had left and security got to us fast. The entitled mum was caught up with soon enough as they did a park-wide search and took her name and picture for the do not admit list. I didn't think to press any charges at the time. In retrospect, I wish I had. I went home early too, since I couldn't stop crying until long after my dad picked me up. He got me ice cream later and watched a really bad horror movie with me. It was our dad-daughter thing. Unfortunately, I'd had the following couple of days off anyways. I have never forgotten this incident, and it remains my worst customer service experience. Though hardly the only time I've been yelled at, it is the only time I've been physically assaulted on the job. Wherever Karen is these days, I hope she realizes what a monster she is. But I doubt that. She'd be in her late 40s or early 50s by now. And now that I'm the age she was at the incident, I cannot even imagine yelling like that at someone half my age over something so minuscule. Yeah, OP, I'm not surprised that you wouldn't do something like that right now. I mean, I wouldn't either. And I doubt that you watching right now would do it either because um, it's ridiculous throwing a coffee over a 15-year-old girl because you're annoyed at a game at a theme park. Are you dumb well to answer my own question uh, yes she is there's a reason none of us would do it it's because we're not really stupid karens like yeah you can be annoyed if you want because the game rules are slightly confusing i do admit but doing that no way no way and now moving on to our final story of today's episode cult talkers think they can scare me out of my new home i should give you guys just a little backstory on how i ended up in this situation i grew up in scientology My parents joined back in 1991 and moved to the States to be involved more than they could from the UK. In 2015, when I was 15, I joined the Sea Org and signed a billion year contract. I know how insane that is, but it was something my parents were pressuring me to do because they thought it would allow me to be the best Scientologist I could be. But last August, I saw my opportunity to leave and I took it. I was sent out with a group of other Sea Org members to confront some people who had been declared as suppressive people, SPs, who were outside the building. One of them said they had a permit to film some stuff in the streets and since it was public that we couldn't stop them and that it was in the car parked about five minutes away from where we were one of the women i'd come out with told me to go with the guy and check it out so i did when we got around the corner i told the guy i wanted to leave but hadn't been able to because there was always someone watching he suggested that maybe since we were out of sight maybe we could get into his car and he would drive me to a hotel get me a room so i could plan where i could go after a couple of days I took the opportunity and I got into his car. I finally felt so much freedom that I'd never felt before. He, as it turns out, had also been a Scientologist and had escaped from Gold Base years ago. So he understood my situation very well. Now, once I figured out that I wanted to go to Washington, he got in contact with some friends of his who were able to get me there without Scientology having any way of tracing my movements. And I've been here ever since. I live in a nice neighborhood, well, at least to where I had been before, and I've managed to get a job working in a coffee shop. I've been so happy to be free, but I never fully stopped looking over my shoulder. I know the policies regarding people like me, and I've been keeping an eye out for them ever since I left. Two months ago, I noticed that a car with tinted windows was following me. 
I knew it was down to Scientology. They'd somehow found out where I'd moved and were trying to gather information on me. Last week, they finally knocked on my door. Even though I knew it was going to happen sooner or later, I was shaking. My neighbor, who's always been really kind to me, was over. She comes over sometimes just to check on me and she'll bring me food if she feels like I haven't eaten properly. She's basically been like a mum to me and I love her for it. I opened the door and things got really uncomfortable real fast. It was a couple of entitled stalkers from the Scientology group standing in front of me. Your parents have been worried about you and you're hiding out here. Why? I'm not hiding. I just don't want to be in a cult anymore. Liar. You are a criminal. You broke your contract and you fled. You are evil. My kind neighbor then comes to the door and interrupts. Hold on a minute. Stop shouting. Opie is not evil and she's free to live her life as she pleases. Now leave her property or I will call the police. The second entitled stalker holds a camera pointed at my face. You are a suppressive person. You may not set foot in any Scientology building again. If you do, we will have you charged with harassment. I was confused by this. But you're the ones who trapped me down. I know the policies. I know I'm an SP. I know about being disconnected with my family. So what do either of us gain from you being here? My neighbor said, put the camera down. No. My neighbor then closes the door in their faces and goes to close the curtains. As I told her that they would probably try filming through my windows. I went and closed all other curtains in my home. And after my neighbor left, I locked my doors too. They are still watching my house from a car across the street. And I feel uncomfortable about going outside. I know what methods can be used by Scientologists who are fair gaming and SP. I know now after watching Going Clear and Leia Romini's show that my experience with them after leaving is tame, but it's still pretty creepy. Why they feel entitled to follow people around to a point where I'm basically a prisoner in my own home, I don't know, but I wish they'd leave me alone. I'm not sure what information they've gathered on me, but I know whatever it is will have been sent back and it will be used against me in some way. But until they try and use it, I have no way to really do anything. If anyone has any advice, please let me know. Oh my god, OP. I'm so sorry that you're in this situation. This is so effed. Like, my god. Guys, put yourself in OP's shoes for a moment. There are people across the street in a car, perma-watching his gaff. What the heck? Like, you've done amazingly to escape in the first place. I have to commend you for that. What bravery, you know, great quick thinking to get out of there, you know, in the chance that you could. Fantastic. But now to feel like you're being watched for the rest of your life, always having to watch your watch over your shoulder, like, oh my God, man, what is this? I need to do some more research into Scientology as a whole. Guys, if you know more about this cult and, uh, you know, what they do and their practices and how they clearly stalk people who leave, comment down below and enlighten to me because i don't know too much i've got to be honest i'm going to do some more research as soon as i finish recording this video if i'm completely honest um but wow what would you advise him to do right now op that is i don't know what you can do call the police apart from that i've got nothing but i don't really think that the police are going to be able to do much the car's just going to drive away then it will come back what can op do hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. My father won't let me dye my hair, but lets my siblings. Ever since I was eight, I've wanted to cut my hair, dye it, and just change it in general. My parents, however, are extremely strict and never let me do anything more than trim my hair. They let me cut it when I was five and nine, but since then I haven't cut it or changed anything about it. I'm 19 years old now and my hair has taken me 10 years to grow to my lower back. I'm the oldest of six kids and just recently graduated high school. Since my siblings were young, I've been kind of like a third parent. My parents asked me for money, for gas, electricity, water, etc. I've also always been the one that my parents use as a therapist, babysitter, and would oftentimes take the money I'd earn from beading hats, babysitting, or even just money I was gifted. When the stimulus checks came out, I had a claim to my money, but they wouldn't give it to me. Then, my nation gave out checks to its people, and when asked, I had to give my money over. I thought they'd use the money for the house or things like that but they used the money on a trip to Florida with our family. Growing up, my parents were extremely strict. In school, my father hated it if I brought home a grade less than 95%, and I'd usually get in trouble if I did. My siblings, same thing. I nearly failed fifth grade and was grounded for months. I wasn't even allowed to have electronics, like a DS, iPod, or phone. My screen time was always limited to Mahjong and Solitaire on our family Mac computer. That means no social media, no real way of contacting people. I wasn't even able to have an email until I was nine, and even then, they had to have every single password I had. My siblings, on the other hand, were able to have more freedom online than I did. They got electronics given to them, where I had to actually pay for my first 3DS. I was given my first phone with service when I was 17 because they couldn't get a hold of me after a football game. Again, they needed the password and I couldn't keep anything private. My siblings were, again, not given the same rules. It makes me absolutely angry how my parents have this awful double standard. Now, my siblings always get their haircuts and get to change their style. I was told to keep mine long for my senior pictures because my family is native and they wanted pictures in my regalia. For those who don't know, a regalia is a native ensemble for our ceremonies, powwows, and other such things. I was gifted the regalia for a graduation present. My family wanted pictures, but it hasn't happened yet. I've asked my parents to let me dye it or cut it since then, but they don't want my unnatural hair in my regalia photos, which I understood. From my understanding, my siblings had the same rules as me and wouldn't be able to cut it after a certain point and would have to grow it out like I did. That is, until today. My sibling, 16 years old, let's call him Ethan, sent a picture of him and my sister, Kate, 14, getting their hair cut and dyed. It was cut to their shoulders and dyed blue and purple. Instantly, I felt jealous. Why were my siblings allowed to cut their hair? I asked my father, but I never could. I said to him, why would you let Ethan cut his hair if I couldn't until my senior pictures? Well, they're younger than you, and they'd asked us to do this for them as a birthday gift. You could have too if you'd just asked us. I've asked you and mum several times over the past several years, and you always told me to wait until my senior pictures were done. 
and you still won't let me we won't let you because we're waiting to get your regalia photos done well it doesn't seem like that's gonna happen i've been waiting 10 years to cut my hair the girls haven't had the same rules that's not fair they still have a few years to grow their hair it doesn't matter okay fine well ethan is graduating next year that is one year to grow his hair out and be an unnatural color that's literally impossible it's not fair for you to say that i can't cut or dye my hair but he can well it's just hair it doesn't matter right so if i cut and dye my hair right now you wouldn't care no you can't you're not allowed until you get pictures done now i'm angry at this point that is bs you can't say i can't do something and then turn around let my siblings who are younger still in school and literally let them do whatever i'm cutting it and dyeing it if you want pictures i'll do them with my dyed hair i then walked to my room and just started typing this story i don't know what to think on one hand i'm upset that my parents are being absolute hypocrites and not holding my siblings to the same standard on the other hand though i do feel bad because i guess i understand that since i just got my regalia they want me to look traditional i need help what do you guys think Wow, interesting story there. Um, Yeah, like OP, I completely agree that until your dad said that your other siblings were getting treated differently in regards to their hair and what they need to do for graduating, growing it out and respecting tradition of their family, etc, etc. I was on board with it. You know, it makes sense. If your parents really want you to have a certain hairstyle, a traditional hairstyle that, you know, your family have had throughout the ages for your regalia, then that makes sense to me. The difference is, though, when it becomes clear that your other siblings just have different rules for them. Why is that? I don't know. It's just favoritism, isn't it, really? Those of you that have been around on my channel for a long time now, a very, very long time, may remember ages ago that I told you all about the fact that I had dyed my hair back in the day, maybe three, four years ago now, a while ago, platinum blonde. Um, I thought it looked all right, to be fair, although it was for a dare. But anyway, thankfully, my parents didn't say, oh my God, no, you can't do that or I'm going to disown you. They just let me do it. Sweet. All right, then now moving on to our second entitled parent story. Entitled parents wouldn't accept a solution and gets banned from water park forever This happened a couple of years ago, but it still makes me shake my head I a 19 year old female had a job working at a water park dispatching rides Some of the rides required a guest to get a tube at the bottom of the ride and carry it up to the top Water park employees know that only certain tubes can be used on certain rides. If you use the wrong tube on the wrong ride, you're asking for people to be injured. The ride I was working had water jets that exploded from the bottom of the ride, so the tubes had to be very durable. Anyway, an entitled mum and her entitled kids are waiting in line. I can see that they've grabbed the wrong set of tubes from the bottom of the ride. They have clear tubes, which are not nearly durable enough for this ride, when they needed reinforced blue tubes. I go over to the mum and explain that she has the wrong tube for this ride. One of the correct tubes is placed next to the entrance to the ride, so it's pretty clear which tube goes to which ride. I tell her that when she gets to the front of the line, she'll need to step to the side and I can have a worker run down and grab some correct tubes for them. She can still go on the ride, someone just needs to bring her the right tubes. But the entitled mum doesn't acknowledge me at all. Anyway, she gets to the front of the line and tries to sit in her tube to go down the ride. Mom, I'm sorry, this isn't the correct tube, I say. I've radioed to have someone bring the correct tube up for you and your party, but I can't let you ride down in this tube. It's not safe and you could get hurt. Please, stand to the side until your tubes get here. 
I waited in line, she said. You can't tell me what to do. I'm going down the ride. Get the F out of my way. You can't go down the ride in this tube. It's not safe. Get the F out of my way, you female dog. Then the crazy part. She throws the tube at my face. It's bulky and not heavy, so I can easily dodge it. But now I have to call security too. My manager is the person who was trekking the tubes up. And upon hearing my call for security, he drops the tubes and comes sprinting to me. The entitled mum is now destroying the landscaping around the top of the ride and is encouraging her kids to join in. How dare this dog make us wait? This idiot won't let you on the ride. Now guys, I'm 19. I'm not paid to put myself in harm's way, so I do nothing to stop her or her kids. She's literally pulling out grass and spitting in my general direction. I picked up the tube she threw and I'm sitting on it on the side of the ride. The entitled kids, of course, join in and are spitting in my general direction and ripping up dirt and plants. I'm 10 feet away, so no spit got near me. And that is how this entitled mum and her entitled kids got banned from the park forever. The tube she needed, which the manager was carrying up, were literally 10 stairs away from her. It was around a curve, so she couldn't see them. Yeah, stories like this I'll just never get in my life, guys. I'm sorry. Seriously, like what's the maximum amount of waiting time going to be there? Maybe two or three minutes maximum. Does it really matter that much that you have to wait two or three minutes to enable yourself to go down the ride? And also, OP, who, by the way, is an employee at this water park, has just told you it might be very dangerous if you go down it in the wrong tube. You're there with your kids. Why would you put them in unnecessary danger? Just have a little bit of patience, go down the slide in the correct tube, and have a nice time. It's so strange. I'm not going to risk my job because you want an obscene amount of cereal. I work at a supermarket and one of our regular customers is a woman who comes in with her two kids and buys an absolutely obscene amount of cereal whenever it's on sale. Now, when I say an obscene amount, I don't mean 10 to 20 boxes at a time. No, she's not here for math word problem level amounts of cereal. She comes in and buys anywhere from 50 to 300 boxes at a time. Her and her kids usually come to the backroom door with three shopping carts and ask for nine to 15 cases of cereal, depending on how much we have left in stock. She's gotten denied service a few times, like the time she tried to buy an entire pallet of cereal, five boxes per transaction the day before Thanksgiving. Management cut her off after 18 transactions, That's 90 boxes because her order was holding up the lines for three of our seven operational registers. Three of our registers were broken at the time. The stock department manager absolutely despises this and has told the woman on multiple occasions that if she's going to purchase more than three cases of cereal, she has to call a few days before she comes in so he can order extra cereal but she always claims that she won't know what she'll need until she comes in and refuses to. This happened to me on a Sunday when I was the only person working in my department. I had just finished emptying the baler when cereal lady poked her head into the storage room. Hey, could you get me some cereal? She asked. I scanned our sale pallets and she said, it's on the second level of the scaffolding. The scaffolding she was talking about is the same kind of scaffolding you would see at a wholesale club like Costco, Sam's Club, or BJ's Wholesale. So I told her, unfortunately, I can't get that down for you. I'm not authorized to use the equipment needed to get that down. She then asked, 
is there anyone who can get that down for me? And I responded, unfortunately, I'm the only one on at the moment. The full-timer who normally works alongside me on Sundays has the day off. She sighed and asked, well, could you just do it for me this one time? And I responded with, no, I'm not authorized to use the machine needed to get that down. And she said, seriously, you can't just do it this one time? And I told her, no, I can't do it this one time. I'm not allowed to use the machinery, nor do I know how to use it. If I get caught using that equipment, I won't only lose my job, but I could potentially face legal trouble and steep fines should I damage something or injure myself. She huffed, then went, fine, I'll just get front-end manager. He'll do it for me. A few minutes later, the front-end manager walked into the storeroom with the woman in tow. Hey, OP, are you authorized to use the power lift? To which I responded, nope. So he asked, is our full-time co-worker here yet? And I replied, he's off today and my brother already left for the day. My brother actually works in the same department as me and is authorized to use the power pallet jacks. The front-end manager turns to the serial lady and says, I'm sorry, but that product is unavailable for today. There's no one who can get that down. The serial lady then shrieked, You're a manager and you can't get that down for me? And the front-end manager responded with, Well, I wasn't trained on that equipment because this isn't my department and therefore I'm not allowed to operate it. You're going to have to come back tomorrow if you want some. The serial lady then stormed back to the serial aisle without another word. I haven't seen her since that day and my department manager has since started storing the cereal pallets on the same side as the storage room door, so she can't poke her head in and demand 15 cases of cereal without calling a few days in advance. So you're seriously telling me that this lady who bought 50 to 300 boxes of cereal at a time wasn't aware of when she would run out of cereal. You don't know when you're down to your last pack when you normally buy 50 to 300 boxes. Are you stupid? How is that possible? How? Like clearly, cereal is such a big part of this woman and her family's life. They go through so much of it. How, how often are they shopping, by the way? That's my first question. Are they going every week to buy 300 boxes? I mean, how much are your kids eating? That's um the first point I have to raise. Secondly, like how do you not know when you're coming to the end of your massive stock? I don't get it. If cereal plays such an important role in your life, surely you would know when you need to go and buy some more. It's a, it's a bad, bad, what is that? All right, then now moving on to our second story of today's episode entitled parents wants refund on students dining plan a few days ago we had freshman orientation at the college where i work i was in a dining hall when this particular event happens note that all meals were comped by the college this past week so no one was paying for anything not students not faculty staff not parents except for the fancy stuff at the campus's version of starbucks which is in the front of the dining hall a mother comes in with her four children one is a new student on our campus the other three are younger siblings the student shows her new id card which is all they've had to do this week in order to get into the dining hall free the entire family goes through no one pays for anything not five minutes later i hear ray's voices near the table i was sitting fairly close to the cash register in the coffee shop area the mother and all four kids come back up to the cash register and the mother is yelling that she wants a refund because the only food the dining hall has is burger and fries and chicken tenders and pizza the cashier is trying to explain to her that she couldn't give her a refund since all meals were free that day 
so she hadn't paid to begin with. But the woman says that she wants a refund on her daughter's dining plan, actually, because the food isn't worth eating. Note that there is nowhere else nearby where her daughter can get meals. The nearest restaurants and grocery store are in the next town over, which is 15 miles away, and freshmen aren't allowed to have cars on our campus. So if the daughter doesn't have a meal plan with the dining hall, she's not going to be eating. This woman keeps yelling at the poor cashier who finally calls her manager, who comes up and says the dining hall itself can't process refunds anyway, and that they'd have to talk to campus administration about it. But he reiterated that if her daughter didn't have a meal plan, she'd have nowhere to get food. This idiot woman looks at him and says, fine, we'll be going over to administration right now and unenrolling her from classes here. She can't possibly go to school here with nothing to eat but burgers and pizza. The poor daughter was standing there looking absolutely devastated and the other kids looked mortified. I honestly thought the student was about to start crying. I've got no idea what happened after that because they left the building. But oh my goodness, did I ever feel sorry for that poor girl to be pulled out of college on her first day because her mother didn't like the food the dining hall served. And if they actually went through with it, I really hope they didn't, she won't be able to get into another school until January at the earliest. And if she was a scholarship student, a lot of our kids are, it may take her a full year to be able to get a scholarship somewhere else. The really sad thing was, the very basic burgers and pizza menu the dining hall was running that day was only because meals were free and they were trying to save some money on it. They also knew it would be busy with the parents on campus, so they were making food that was easy to prepare in mass quantities. Also, if they had stuck around long enough for dinner, they would have gotten much fancier meal options. And starting Monday, there would also be a full salad bar and self-serve deli available at lunch and dinner. But since apparently baby girl was far too important to eat normal food like every other student on just about every college campus out there, they're just gonna make her go back home again. The poor, poor kid. And honestly, her poor three younger siblings too. I feel sorry for them all. Well, yeah, OP, me and you both. I mean, come on, imagine working super hard to get into college. You're excited to go. Your family are taking you on your first day. You get into the amazing big dining hall. You're excited to go and get some food. You find out, massive bonus, it's all free. You don't even have to pay for it. Incredible scenes. Then your mum says no. The food here is terrible at this one meal in which you pay nothing for it, you're not gonna go to this college anymore. And instead, you're going home and you can only reapply to go in six months. Seriously, are you joking? No, you're serious. Wow, let me just disown you real quick. Nice one. It's actually like, genuinely, that story is almost unbelievable. I just can't believe it. Like, does she get the money back as well that she's paid for the, for you know, going to college in the first place? I just don't get it. Just for the sake of one meal and one meal alone, you're taking your kid out of college. How stupid are you? It's unbelievable. Okay then, and now moving on to our final story of today's episode. No, you do not get to call one of my cashiers the R word and get away with it. A little backstory. I work as a service manager at a pretty popular Midwestern grocery store. I've been a service manager for a couple of months now, but I've worked for the store itself for about three years. I've worked in quite a few departments during my time at this store, so I know a lot of the employees very well. 
One of my duties as a service manager is to watch the front end and overlook the cashiers and courtesy clerks. Make sure customers are happy, do overrides, you know the deal. Now, while I do have some cashiers and courtesy clerks that are on the spectrum, I don't treat them any differently than any other employee. And they all appreciate this. I know their strengths and what they're capable of, and I push them to do their best. With that being said, I protect my employees. I care about them deeply. And if a customer even dares to raise their voice at them, I am there to shut the customer down and take them away from the employee. I don't care if you yell at me, but do not yell at my employees. Most of them are high school students. Now to the story. This one day, it was fairly busy in the store. I had most of my registers open and lines were flowing pretty smoothly. I had one of my courtesy clerks covering a break on one of the registers. Let's call her Casey. Now, Casey is on the spectrum and she is a very sweet and smart high schooler. She operates a register very well and can show up all the other courtesy with going outside for cars. She is, arguably, one of my most hardworking employees. Now, sometimes she has moments where she messes up, such as double scanning an item, entering something wrong, but this is something every cashier does, honestly. I see her light blinking, so I come over to help her, and I'm greeted by a very angry customer and her daughter. Hey OP, I scanned this twice. Can you void it, please? She said. It's important to note that anything over $5 needs a manager's approval to void. It's annoying, but that is how our store works. I smile and nod and quickly go and void it. It honestly takes like six seconds to void an item and enter my numbers for the override. Not that long at all. But that didn't stop this customer from huffing and puffing that she had to wait an extra seven seconds for a void. I back away from the register, not thinking much about it since this is sadly a normal thing that we have to deal with. I walk over to customer service to ask Jack, who was working the counter that day, a question when the following happened. Casey had finished the transaction and handed the receipt to the customer, who snatched it out of her hand before she pushed her cart aggressively away. I don't know if the woman thought she was quiet enough or far away enough to be out of earshot, but I heard her clear as day as this woman told her daughter, I can't believe they let this freaking R words on registers like her i looked in horror as i saw casey's expression fall from her normal bubbly self to sadness oh heck no i proceed to shove my schedule at jack and walk my now very angry butt up to this customer although this happened about two months ago i will never forget this conversation mom i would like to ask you something i say gesturing her to step out of the way the woman and her daughter proceed to step out of the way with their cart the mother still looking very annoyed what do you want i don't know if you thought you were being sneaky or smart or just plain rude a moment ago but what you just did is unacceptable i'll have you know casey is in fact on the spectrum and both her and myself heard what you just said you do not have the right to come in here and call one of my co-workers the r-word and then proceed to just walk out without any consequences who do you think you are thinking you can talk to me like that the woman honestly looks shocked at the fact that i've just called her out i keep my composure and continue speaking i'll have you know that girl you just called the r-word is an extremely kind and hard-working employee honestly she's arguably one of my best employees just because she made a small mistake such as ringing up an item twice 
does not give you the permission to treat her as if she is any lower than you at this point the mother is stuttering and is red in the face her daughter is actually smirking trying to suppress a laugh as if she's actually glad her mum is being called out how about this i say how old is your daughter here more stuttering i turn my attention to the daughter hun how old are you the daughter smiles at me knowing where this is going 17 17 huh well fun fact i turn my attention back to the mother that's the same age as the girl you just called the r word now here's an image i want you to imagine Imagine your daughter worked here as a cashier like Casey. Imagine she accidentally messes up and double scans something, a common mistake that happens quite often. And in return, the customer your daughter is checking out proceeds to call her an R word for making a simple mistake. How would you feel? Silence. The mother just stares at me, defeat in her eyes. How would you feel? More silence. I proceed to ask, You'd feel mad, wouldn't you? Would you be upset that someone called your daughter that? A small nod is the only response I get. Now look, I'm gonna give you two options. You can either go and apologize to Casey for what you said and move on with your life. Or you can leave and I will personally ensure that you are placed on our store ban list. Choose wisely. I stare at her for a moment before the woman sheepishly goes back to Casey's register and gives her a half-butt apology before dragging her daughter out of the store. I haven't seen this woman again, but I did see her daughter, who came back the following week to apologize about her mum and thank me for what I did. Apparently, this girl went to school with Casey and knew she was on the spectrum but wasn't in the position to stand up to her mum. Now, I did actually almost get in trouble for this. One of the store managers was nearby and heard the tail end of the conversation and afterwards pulled me aside to tear me a new one. Once I explained the whole story to her, she seemed a little more at ease with it, but she still wasn't happy that I called a customer out like that. However, we never got a formal customer complaint for it, so we don't think the customer actually followed up. Look, I get it. It's probably not store policy to start calling a customer out publicly in your store. And I understand that. But this goes way beyond any customer policy. It's just about being a decent human being to another human being. And I'm sorry, but calling someone the R word who is 17, just doing their job, making one simple mistake. You deserve to be called out for that right there and then. It's just facts. Like, is this woman really saying that she's never made a mistake in her life? Is that what she's saying? Because the way I look at it, she's calling someone an R word for making an extremely simple mistake. If you're going to call someone that, you have to expect someone else to call you that if you were to do the same thing. So I guess that she's saying that she's, you know, incapable of ever making a mistake. And therefore, oh, this person made one mistake. Yeah, I'm going to abuse you for it. You dog. I mean, really, it's just ridiculous. Again, all these three stories have had ridiculous mothers in them. Crazy. I know, but this is entitled parents. She only wants to pay me $20 a day for caring for 14 animals Before I begin, I'm going to acknowledge that this entire mess is partly my fault I agreed to watch my mum's co-workers animals for five days and I didn't set a price I made the mistake of expecting her to name a fair price for my work a big 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 mistake as I said I got a call from my mum's co-worker saying that she was going out of town and needed someone to care for her 14 animals she explained the different animals nine ducks that live in her bathrooms three dogs and two cats she explained what would need to be done 
food and water as well as cleaning the ducks now i'd never cared for ducks or even seen one outside of the park so when she understated the amount of care that would go into all these animals i believed her i got there the night before her trip and she showed me what needed to be done it turns out the dogs were barely house trained and one of them was a semi-aggressive pit bull they needed to be fed twice a day with homemade warmed up food the nine ducks did not have enough room to exercise and the way they were set up made cleaning hazardous and difficult i was told i had to let them roam around the house as they weren't allowed outside and clean up the mess they also required a homemade fruit salad daily and to refill their water dishes several times a day as they often tipped them over each cleaning and feeding needed to be performed twice daily the cats to be fair were honestly pretty easy food and water twice a day pretty average and expected cat care no issues with them isn't that just typical cats at this point i felt very deceived on the whole as she had not fully explained how much work was required there were also a lot of little extra details like medicating several of the animals etc but unfortunately i felt responsible for my commitments and accepted the job anyways now the stay was awful the pitbull was terrifying and several times the barking and lunging sent me into a full-on panic attack This was made much worse by the fact that I had no prior warning about his habits I walked in one day to find that the ducks were indeed capable of escaping the shower And that the pit bull had tore one of them apart In the house, it was carnage After making the owner aware of the situation I was told that the pit bull had to sleep inside of the laundry room for the remainder of the stay Each night, he spread feces and urine all around that I had to clean up Along with a difficult stay, her house was about 30 minutes out of town, with no Wi-Fi or cell phone service. I was also in charge of picking her up and dropping her off at the airport. When she got home, she handed me a bundle of cash, and I made another mistake of not counting it out until I got home. The woman is very wealthy, and I assume that she was going to pay a fair price, since she could afford it. It turns out she'd only paid me $100. I did the math and found out that was only $3.30 an hour. And that's being generous, as I probably spent more time than that. This morning, I made her aware of the situation and told her that the pay hadn't even covered fuel. She responded that she didn't pay by the hour and instead by the day. Now, I'm not really sure why she thought that that was a good defense, honestly. I'm currently in the process of trying to get more cash. I asked for 60 a day instead. Fortunately, she still thinks that I'll be coming back for her two other trips later next month And she also works with my mother. I won't be coming back, but i'm prepared to let her think that I'm currently in between work and without that money. I won't be able to eat. So it's a survival situation I'm, not sorry the fact that she thinks that paying solely fuel costs for 14 animals When a single dog costs an average of $50 a night to board is unbelievably entitled. I'm aware that I didn't set a price and I made a lot of mistakes in not counting the money. But I didn't get her back from the airport until 1am in my defense. And I'm still very upset that I've basically done all this work for free. But don't you worry, guys. That's not the end of the story. OP has given us a nice little update. I have not left her alone for the entire week. And I've sent her reminder texts about the rest of her payments every other day. Finally, I was blunt and gave her the options of how she could pay me. 
this was the response assurance to me that she is indeed entitled after much research and you not being here 24 7 and the loss of one of my ducks because you were not here as i expected i find that i have paid you fairly and no additional funds will be coming forth this is final she said from here i went in on her a week of pent-up anger and not having enough money for food came out and i no longer gave a frick about how put together i looked my final angry message was a little less angry and more useful so i'll share it here as well so lady to summarize one you didn't give me proper warning about anything until the night before nipping is not biting i have photo evidence of bruises on my body two i warned you that i was not planning on being there 24 7 three the duck dying is not my fault and you admitted it yourself i had no information to expect this and four my prices are final now you don't have to hire me in the future but this is the price for the service you already got so for these reasons when would you like to make the rest of your payments i doubt i'll be receiving a response to this or payment but for my own poops and giggles i thought maybe i could at least try and make her feel bad i will be contacting animal control after this though so don't worry that's an affair that i'll be handling privately however and finally i will update if i get any more responses i for one want an update then guys honestly <laughs> $20 a day for 14 animals. Are you joking? Uh, that is mental. Well, I, I say 14. I g- guess it's kind of 13 now. Rest in peace, little ducky. But um, hey, an aggressive pit bull mixed with nine ducks. Sounds like a brilliant combination. This woman is obviously very stupid for even having those animals living together and not separating them well enough. I don't know how more ducks haven't been mauled by this pit bull in the past. Seems like something that would happen very regularly, if I'm completely honest. But then also refusing to pay more than $100 for five days of work with 14 animals. Yes, but what the what? Are you joking? That's not enough to even, yeah, as OP said, get to the house and back for five days in a row driving. Mental. I mean, to be fair, to have 14 pets like that, I think you have to be slightly strange, don't you? Sorry if you're a pet lover and you have 14 pets yourself, but 14, are you mad? That is crazy. Sounds like they absolutely dominate the gaff as well, which is another thing. Um, Not a house that I'd like to go in. Imagine the smell. Anyway, you need your money, OP. I hope you get it. Now, moving on to our second story. Entitled man at a hockey game tried to kick me out of my season ticket holder seats. So, this happened several years ago, probably around 2012 or so. A little bit of background to start with. My dad was a diehard fan of our local NHL team and had season tickets for longer than I was alive, which was 23 years at that point. After having them for that long, he'd managed to secure some pretty awesome seats section 219 which is on the second tier of the stadium but the front row seats which have an arguably unbeatable view of the game growing up i went to tons of games with him but by this point he was getting old and it was tougher for him to make it to the games himself so he was nice enough to let my boyfriend now ex and i use his tickets and go to the game together this time was not the first time that we had done that So we made it to the game and had been sitting and watching for a good amount of time Then I want to say early second period a seemingly nice man came up into our section and walked up to my ex and I We would be the easiest to talk to as we are the closest to the entrance being in the first row So it seemed logical that someone would just be asking a random question to the most convenient people that he found He was followed by three other people and for context there happened to be two empty seats next to us Here is how the conversation went. Hi there, is this section 219? Yes, you're in the right place, I replied. 
It takes me a few seconds to then comprehend the look quickly spreading on this seemingly nice man's face a disgusting looking self-righteous smile that sneered yes poor young person i'm perfectly aware of where i am he then puts out his hand palm up and gestures with his fingers as if saying come here to a child i realize at this point that this man is in fact not a nice man but instead an entitled man he then says in a seriously comically annoying voice out of nowhere and also while shaking his head gotta go your time's up enjoying our seats back to where you came from he then points his other thumb the one not continuously gesturing as described above up to the top of the stadium then looks back and laughs at his family this was not done quietly by the way i am a super friendly and non-confrontational person so i was dumbstruck i don't think i could find any words i just probably sat there with my mouth hanging slightly open not at all sure what to do next my ex didn't say anything either he wasn't super familiar with the place and he might have wondered if we were in the wrong place since this guy seemed so sure that these couldn't possibly be our seats thankfully we didn't need much time to compose ourselves One of the men in the group sitting directly behind us piped up. Mind you, this group are also season ticket holders, so they likely recognize me. Hey, uh, let me see your tickets, mate. Now, the entitled man, who was not super thrilled that we weren't immediately doing his bidding, pulled out his tickets and showed it to this other nice man. Uh, wow, you're in row 19, not row 1, sir. I think it's time that you go back to where you came from. The nice man then does the same palm-up hand gesture the entitled man introduced us to and yells, Gotta go! A small but powerful crowd around us started chanting, Gotta go! Gotta go! as well, until the now red-faced entitled man sheepishly puts his hand up saying, Okay, okay! and leads his family through the crowd up the stairs to row 19. I have never felt so supported by strangers in my entire life. Unfortunately, I also had to meet one of the most entitled men first for that to happen. Thanks for letting me share my story. What a story it was. Now that is legendary. That is camaraderie that you only get at sports events with your home fans backing you up, all your season ticket holders together. It's beautiful. The sort of scenes that I'd love to see down at Stamford Bridge, if you know, you know. Um, incredible. Like, come on. The cheek of this guy. It's not one of those where he's misread his ticket and gone, oh, I actually genuinely thought I was in row one. No, it says row 19. That's not close. You're just doing it for chat. You've seen two empty seats. You were like, mm, can I kind of, you know, force my way in here? He's gone for it absolutely arrogantly and he's been kicked out embarrassed most like the absolute mug that he is it's brilliant all the people around you just cheering at him to get out incredible scenes love it and now moving on to our final post of today's episode cult stalkers think they can scare me out of my new home now this one is an update to a story that i read a few days ago on my channel if you haven't seen part one yet you kind of need to watch it for this to make sense so click the i button right now that's the video or go down into the pinned comment and the description it's linked there but you need to go to 13 minutes into the video to see the story it's the last story of that episode of that video hope that makes sense if you've not seen part one go watch it anyway this is part two so since my last post i've taken the advice that some of you gave me i told my boss my landlord and let my neighbors know about the fact that scientology have sent people to follow me and that they were likely to try and approach some of them now safe to say that everyone was pretty creeped out by that but they've been very supportive and have been keeping an eye on them and what they are doing i have started back at work 
I asked for time off after they came to my door because of how uncomfortable and unsafe I was feeling with my stalkers being so close and my kind neighbor has been helping me get out to work. I've been going out of my back door, climbing over her fence and she's been letting me into her garage so I can get into the back of her car and she then drives me to work. I basically duck down as low as I can as we're driving past them so hopefully they can't tell that I'm leaving. So far, I don't think they've noticed me going to work but I'm still very cautious every time I hear the door open at work in case it's one or both of them. I don't feel safe getting a gun because of the risks it could bring. Scientology aren't above breaking into buildings for their own gain. One time, they even broke into an FBI building to replace FBI documents about them with Scientology-approved documents. If I had a gun and they were to break into my home, they're also not above planting things to frame people for crimes, if it means either scaring people to back down or into doing what they want. And if they found a gun, it could put me in danger. In Scientology, there is a policy called R245, and I really worry that them having any kind of access to a gun, even if it were mine, and being in my home could tempt them into following that policy. All right, just a little bit of research. R245 is the act of shooting a person with a firearm in Scientology. Well, that's wonderful, isn't it? Oh, OP does actually then explain what R25 is. Uh, Yeah, I should probably explain what it is so you can hopefully understand why I'm worried about having a gun near me or them. In Scientology doctrine, exteriorization refers to the separation of the thetan, that's the soul, from the body, a phenomenon which LRH, who I believe is the uh, the founder of Scientology, could be wrong there, but I think so, asserts can be achieved through auditing. Yes, LRH is L. Ron Hubbard, who is the founder of Scientology. What a great guy. So R245 is a process by which exteriorization could be produced by shooting a person in the head with a 0.45 pistol. Right, okay. Uh, This is acknowledged by Scientology, but they deny that it is meant to be serious publicly in order to protect themselves for people looking further into the cult's policies. But privately, I know so many who truly believe that the use of this policy is okay because it's what the founder said. Right, so they're pretty much just saying it's completely fine in their cult beliefs to shoot someone for exteriorization. Right, makes sense. I did ask my landlord about getting a dog. He originally said no because he doesn't allow pets in his property. But yesterday he called me and said I could have a dog if I still wanted to. He told me that he'd received letters from a few different Scientologists, including my parents, telling him how I am a drug addict and I get violence on a regular basis when high. My parents said in their letter that they're worried about me being out here on my own because without them to help control my violent outbursts, people could get seriously hurt. They claimed that they had proof that I was still using drugs and provided my landlord with a picture that the stalkers had obviously taken after looking through my trash. They told my landlord that they really didn't think it was a good idea to continue letting me live on my own in his house and that he should help convince me to go back to them where they can get me back in line. The evidence they've used for me using drugs is an empty box of over-the-counter pain meds that I'd bought ages ago and I'd finish with. My landlord thinks that if these are the sort of accusations they're willing to try throwing at me now, who knows what's next or what they'll do if I continue to ignore them or refuse to go back. As long as I don't let the dog cause any damage to the property, he's okay with me having a dog to help protect me if they try and come to my door again 
or if they attempt to break in for any reason. He's also given me permission to have security cameras installed both on the outside and on the inside of the house. We discussed it, and when I told him about my worries of them breaking in and their history of planting evidence of crimes on people, we agreed that having a few discreet cameras inside would be good. So if they did break in and try and plant anything, we'd have proof of them doing it. I've looked into the police in my area, and while some of the cops do seem reliable, there are a lot who seem to be very willing to overlook things Scientology do. So for now, I don't really trust in them to help me. I've contacted a lawyer who is going to help me with restraining orders against the stalkers and is willing to do the same to anyone else Scientology sends to harass me. I've also contacted the Aftermath Foundation and they are being amazing and really helping me. And I really appreciate the suggestion I think a few people gave me to go to them. Well, as I said, guys, before we got into this one, if you haven't yet seen part one, part two probably didn't make too much sense. But um, I remember at the end of part one, I didn't really know what to say in terms of, you know, get the police involved was my kind of only suggestion, I think. But clearly OP is not too, you know, trustworthy in them. Sounds like he's doing the right thing, though, you know, getting lawyers in the mix, getting some restraining orders. Your landlord, by the way, what a legend, you know, going against his own policy, knowing that you need help. Really nice, really nice dude, actually. I appreciate that. Most landlords would not do that. So allowing you to get a dog to make you feel safer, very, very good stuff. Apart from that, I mean, I don't really know what to suggest. Again, guys, comment down below if you have any suggestions for OP, things that he hasn't listed, because it's a pretty terrible situation. If you don't know, he's run away from his family who were members of Scientology, pretty much. Um, and now they're trying to get him back sending people after him to make him come back. It's very, very weird. Uh, it's a terrible, terrible situation. I don't really know what to do apart from what you've already done. Fair play. Drama Goblin wants them to restart the funeral. I have another Drama Goblin disaster. Drama Goblin has met an all-time low even for the Goblin herself. Some background in case you're new to this delusional beast of a human being. We are childhood best friends. I moved to my podunk town when I was very young and she was awkward and shy like me and we became fast friends. When we grew up, I did. She never grew out of the same exact mindset that we had as children. It caused us to drift. Before I ultimately decided that enough was enough, she remarried and her husband and my husband ended up becoming best friends. For a while, they pushed us on each other, often. That never ended well. I suspect at least one of them has seen these on here as well, as in the Reddit posts. They finally accepted that I don't need the stress and left me alone. Her husband, however, spends a lot of time at our house because he can't stand being home because of the condition that she leaves the house in. That's another story though. You can check my history if you feel I'm leaving something out because I've explained this all before. Well, don't you worry. This is just story one of four different stories I'm gonna look at in this one episode. One of our childhood friends recently passed away. He'd been struggling with an illness and finally lost his battle. He did not have a lot of family. They postponed the showing and the funeral for a little over a week due to restrictions with COVID and whatnot. They ended up combining the two and posted it online and in the newspaper. Now, Drama Goblin knew the day and time to be there because I saw that she shared the post with all the info. The day of, she does what she always does and procrastinates getting ready. I mean, who doesn't? Am I right? Anyway, she refused to leave her house until she looked perfect. She didn't even put her laundry in, though, until half an hour before the time to be there. Now, her husband actually told my husband that later, so therefore he couldn't get the kids ready until the laundry was dry. Herself, well, she took hours, 
Then half an hour before the time it said the funeral would be over She tells her husband they have to leave now or they'll be late She arrives right as everyone is leaving for the most part She gets upset that she missed it She stamps her foot and demands they start over because he would have wanted it that way He was her best friend and she needed the closure The family did not know how to take her At first I think they thought she was joking But she kept whining and pressuring them to at least let her get up on the podium and say a few things The funeral director, I think, he seemed to be in charge Whispered something to his aunt and they refused more graciously than I would have They said they had to close for cleaning This caused Drama Goblin to have a meltdown And her husband had to drag her out of the funeral and back into their car She gets angry, claiming that he manhandled her and didn't take her side Calling it abuse I know it will all blow over in a few days. It always does. But dang, the audacity. I know our friend that passed was fond of her, but I doubt he would have wanted that. All I know is if she decides to pull that rubbish at my funeral, I'd rather she didn't come at all. Yeah, audacity is the exact right word to use there. I mean, that is insane. The disrespect. If there's one thing that you should never, ever be late for, surely it's a funeral. I mean, you guys that know me well probably know that I'm not very good with time also. I do procrastinate a lot and I am often late for things, unfortunately. One of my worst habits. But a funeral. I'd never, ever be late for a funeral. Are you joking? But being late is one thing. Coming in and saying, no, restart it now. It's what he would have wanted. Are you joking? Sure, you might be mates with the guy, but you're late. You're not even his family. How can you say these sort of things? Oh, unbelievable, honestly. That is just a little insight into who this person is. But guys, we've got three more stories to get to. Let's carry on. So then, story number two. Now, this one is from three months ago. The first one was literally just from a day ago. Drama Goblin and the trip to the lake. We live near a large lake. In the summer of 2018, we decided to utilize it. My husband and I went with our kids a few times and we had a blast. Well, my husband decided he wanted to invite the Drama Goblin, her husband and their children. She has five but only has custody of the last four that she has with the current husband. These four are all under eight and the eight-year-old is severely autistic. Mostly non-verbal and he wants to run away all the time constantly from home in the store at the park everywhere So you have to watch him very carefully. I was nervous about this outing clearly Understandably now drama goblin guys if you didn't already know is pretty entitled when she's out She doesn't do anything with her kids She actually expects her husband to do it all And if her husband is tied up with one of her kids already, then too bad. My family unit got there before the goblin family. My husband, the kids, and I all helped pack our beach stuff down to the spot we picked out. When the goblin family arrived, Drama Goblin came over to us and left her husband to unload all the kids and get all the stuff. So we just left Drama Goblin and went to help out her husband instead, which she was huffy about. She followed us over to chat, but did not help. I help unbuckle her youngest, who was barely walking. Then the toddlers, who were two and three at the time. Her son books it towards the lake. The drama goblin, who didn't even grab anything, was on her phone, not paying attention. We corral him and finish setting up our spots. 
Finally, the men start cooking food while the women folk and kids go for a dip. When it was time to eat, I made my kids' plates and went to make my own. And I noticed that Drama Goblin had made her own plate and sat down. Her husband had walked back to the car with my husband to get this inflatable raft. I just sigh and make her kids eat hot dogs and then sit and eat. Drama Goblin is trying to make conversation. And for the most part, we were having a good time. Then her son gets up and starts running towards the lake. The men are still kind of far away, but on their way back. Drama Goblin had finished her plate and was just watching her son run away with no indication that she was going to go after him. After only the slightest of hesitations, because obviously I thought she was going to run after her own son, I instead ran after her son and was able to get to him, but only after he'd made it to the water. I was so scared. He can't swim and he needs a life jacket and us in the water with him. He fights me while I'm trying to get him out. And all the while, his own mother never left the picnic table. When we get back, Drama Goblin and her husband are having a mini argument about why her husband couldn't have chased him. He knew their son was prone to that. Why couldn't he keep an eye on him? He, of course, asked her why she couldn't have done that. And she just says, well, OP did before I could react. What? At that point, I was done with the evening, but managed to say and help her husband keep her kids alive. Her son dove off the raft multiple times, and if her husband couldn't get him, my husband or I would. When her husband finally snapped at her, she said, I'm here to relax. Like what? You can relax. Just take turns with us so your kid doesn't die. Also, none of us deserve the chance to relax because she was hogging all the relaxation, apparently. Ha ha. Oh, well, I guess she'll never be normal. Well, if there's one thing that we can all agree on, it's that she's definitely not normal. I mean, what is that? Seriously. All right. So, guys, answer me this. At what point would Drama Goblin, who is watching her eight-year-old autistic son, who she knows can't swim, sprint towards a lake? At what point, if no one else had gone and tried to save him, would she have actually got up from the picnic table? I mean, seriously, answer down below. Comment down below. When do you think? When he was already drowning? When he'd already drowned? Like, at what point is she actually going to move? It's so strange. Just waiting for anyone and everyone else to help before she does with her own children. It's ludicrous. But guys, unfortunately, that's not the end of the video. We're only halfway through. Now moving on to part three. Drama Goblin wants me to replace a gift I gave her that she ruined. I work retail. I manage, but the job is still very physical and exhausting. My job is 50% work and 50% babysitting. Sometimes because I'm there all the time, I find some sweet deals. I'm super into makeup, Halloween, creepy stuff, etc. I found a few Halloween palettes of makeup, some brushes, and some other really awesome Halloween makeup. It was marked down for $1 or under, so I grabbed everything they had. I figured I'd give them as Christmas gifts. I looked online, and these palettes were worth 30 to 40 depending on the size, not to mention the other stuff. Now, Drama Goblin was recently diagnosed with seizures and swore that this was going to be a whole new leaf. She was going to change for the better. A few days ago, her husband, who OP is now calling TH or Trapped Husband, happened to come by right before I went to work. And so I made a package to send her of one of all the different makeup and accessories I got. I posted pics of a few of my makeup looks and she commented that she wanted to play too. I sent a bag with her husband and told him to tell her I had some for myself and some for another of my friends that sometimes hangs out with Drama Goblin with me. 
though it has been three years. It's been about four or five days. Last night, she randomly messaged me. Now, maybe I'm taking this the wrong way, but it went right through me. She said that she had given the makeup that I gave to her to her daughters. She said she just didn't think it would be nice enough for her. After her daughters played with it, she saw how pigmented it was and decided she did like it and tried to take it back. Of course, then her daughters threw a fit and their makeup was ruined in the process. She then complained that she'll never get to play with it now. She asked me if I'd given my other friend theirs yet. I was like, no, because I've been kind of sick and quarantining since the day after her husband had been over. She then has the audacity to ask if instead of giving it to my friend, I should give it to her instead because it's not fair that her kids broke her gift. I was shocked. How can a grown 35 year old woman think that that's reasonable? I just didn't even respond. She blew me up for about an hour or so after. I finally read the messages this morning. It was a lot of, it's not fair, she won't even miss it. It's not my fault my daughter's busted it, etc, etc. I wanted to screenshot and send her own message to her, but I refrained. She didn't think she would like them, so she gave them to her daughters, gave them to two and four-year-old girls to play with. What did she think would happen? Honestly, this woman's relationship with her kids is so weird. Firstly, she won't save them if they're drowning. Now she gives them stuff and then just takes it away when it turns out that she actually quite likes the look of it. I mean, seriously, like what's going on here? This person is not sane, is she? She is clearly got something very badly wrong with her. Like she just prioritizes herself over everyone, including her own children. That's the mad thing that I can't get my head around. Very, very strange. Any of you watching that are parents, comment down below. Ever given your child something and then taken it back off them? I doubt it, right? Weird. Oh, by the way, I mean taking it back off them for you to use. Not just taking it away from them, as in you've looked at that and thought, you know what? I'm now jealous of my kid using that. I want it back to use myself. No one would ever do that, surely. And now moving on to our final part of today's episode. This is part four, guys. But honestly, I've gone back through OP's posts on Reddit and there are so many different stories that they've posted about Drama Goblin. So if you guys do want to see more early warning, drop a like on this video and comment down below that you want more from Drama Goblin and I'll get to it. But anyway, part four. Why don't we marry Drama Goblin's husband? I love the start of this. So it's me again with more from the Drama Goblin saga. We bought a house a few months ago. It needs some work. My husband and I have been busting our butts, doing most of the work ourselves to save money. Also, I like that kind of stuff. It makes me feel like Chip and Joe from Fixer Upper. It needs a lot of work, but it's coming around. We're so close to getting it done and moving my family into a much needed larger space. If you remember from my first post about the goblin, her husband is an electrician. Look, guys, we haven't even had a chance to get to that. Future video? Let me know. If you live in my states, before they turn the electricity on, you have to hire an inspector to come and check out the situation. If they find issues, you have to fix them and then pay for them to come back and inspect again. So, as to avoid the possibility of having to pay for multiple inspections, we asked her husband to come and inspect and help us fix any issues. When we bought the place, my husband and her husband had already made the plans to do this when we got to this point. So, my husband calls and sets up a day a week later for him to come out. I even talked to Drama Goblin myself about it. She seemed in a good mood and had no interest in it. She only wanted to talk about her dreams of being a professional wrestler. Lamau, every post I'm learning more and more about this goblin. 
goodness me, I actually reckon she'd be a pretty decent wrestler. You know, it sounds like it. She loves fighting everyone. Fast forward to the day. He shows up late and he seems agitated. Turns out, Drama Goblin decided last second that he needed to stay home and fix their rented home. If she'd just cleaned the house, they could call the landlord to fix it. But that's just common sense, and I guess that she doesn't have any. She was guilt tripping him and trying to get him to blow us off. However, we paid him. We helped them a lot financially because despite him making a decent living, they struggle because of Drama Goblin's online shopping addiction. He always pays us back in payments, so it's not an issue. Her husband helps us too. He'd barely made it in the door before Drama Goblin started blowing him up. After explaining to her a million times, he starts ignoring her. So she starts blowing me up. Drama Goblin is so upset. It's not fair that her husband is helping us when they need some flooring that's starting to rot fixed. She needs him to do it that day. I apologize if she feels like we're hogging him, but we've paid him and asked in advance. I even reminded her that she herself knew about it. I suggested that she set it up with my husband and her husband to work on her floors on their next days off. That would be the following weekend. But no, that was too logical. She needed him home right then. It wasn't fair. She didn't want to be alone with the kids. He got to come and hang out. No amount of explaining that we weren't just hanging out would get through to her. She wanted him out of the house. Her husband then told me that he had offered to bring her to her parents, but she spent four hours getting ready and had made little progress by the time that he needed to leave. He'd gotten all four of their kids ready. All she had to do was get ready herself. He ended up having to leave her because she hadn't even changed out of her pajamas or really started at all. She claimed she needed more time. Frustrated, he threw his hands in the air and left. Now she doesn't drive. She likes to blame everyone else but herself. I myself actually tried to take her to get her license, but that's another entitled parent story. After about two hours of Drama Goblin harassing us, she finally told me that I was the worst friend ever. It shouldn't have, but it actually hurt my feelings. Because even though she's crazy and a POS, I don't hesitate to help them nearly every single time they need it. I listen to her vent. Sometimes I sympathize. Yes, I do drop in truth bombs so she doesn't vent as much anymore because she doesn't like what I have to say. She decided that her husband was abusing and neglecting her. She then said, why doesn't he just marry you? I mean, look, some of the most childish stuff was being thrown at us all because we paid him to inspect our electric. He had to rush the whole thing. We ended up having at least one issue, maybe two. He had to leave because she said she was having seizures again and needed help with the kids. So we're going to have to make another appointment with him to finish up before we can pay the inspector. Okay, title of this one makes sense now. I was starting to think, what does that mean? Your husband should just marry us instead. But it all makes sense now. Incredible. Being paid to go to work apparently is hanging out. I've seen it all now. I've seen it all. It's unbelievable. It really is. Four hours of getting ready and selling your pajamas. Sounds like a lovely Sunday to me. Uh, It is incredible. It really, really is. Honestly, when she said to you, you're the worst friend ever, just take that and go, you know what? It does hurt my feelings a little bit. Fair enough. I'd rather not be called that because who would? But that's your excuse to get out now. That's your excuse to say, you know what? Yeah, I am. We're done as mates. Don't talk to me again. That's what I would have done anyway. Neighbor kept parking on my property. So I had him towed. Hello, everyone. 
First thing is that this issue just happened this week and I'm so mad that I'm shaking as I type this I'm going to apologize up front if I ramble, but I honestly can't believe this actually happened First off some backstory I'm a single mother of two teenage boys and I live in a nice quiet neighborhood at the end of a cul-de-sac Every house on this street has a garage and i'm the only one that has a single car and parks in my garage Almost every house on this street is a family home with at least three cars But most have more some will park in their driveway and some will park on the streets It's never been a problem since everyone is considerate on how they park and no one has ever had an issue with getting in and out of the streets In addition, I tend to keep myself to myself I'm not antisocial and I wave and say hello to my neighbors when I come and go from my home But usually when I get home, I stay home So I say all of this to give you an idea that i'm a homebody and my neighbors pretty much know that when I get home I stay home about six months ago The house to my right was sold to a larger family that consisted of a dad a mum, and three teenagers The day they started moving in I made a point to go over to the edge of the property to wave and greet them in order to welcome them to the neighborhood They were friendly and I was happy to have such nice people move in next door Also note this family used their garage for storage and thus parked their four cars in their driveway I didn't know at the time but their youngest son was just months away from his 16th birthday Now that you have a little information, on to the story. Today is Monday afternoon, and this story began last Tuesday. Around 6 p.m. on Tuesday, I received a knock on the door, and it was the dad of the new neighbors. The following is our conversation. Good evening, how are you? He said. I replied to him, talking through the screen door. We're okay. I'm sorry, I can't open the door because my youngest came home from school with a sore throat today, and so I'm not exactly sure what's going on with him. How are you, and how can I help? Ah, I'm sorry to hear that and I hope it isn't anything serious. Yeah, uh, we're okay My son just turned 16 a few weeks ago and i'm sure you saw the new truck we bought him Yeah, I did. It's such a pretty truck and it's big. Does he like it? Yes, he does It's what he wanted. So we got it for him Yes, it is very big and that's what I wanted to talk to you about Let's take a brief pause here and understand that when I say this truck is very big. It is very big It's an f-350 I personally think it's too much of a vehicle for a kid learning to drive But it's not my money. So to each their own. Uh, okay. Um, I don't understand what you're getting at I reply. Well, we've been getting complaints from some of the other neighbors that his truck is so big That they can't get around it when they're driving through and we're afraid that it might get sideswiped if he continues to park it in the streets Yeah, um, i've had some intense moments trying to get around it myself But i'm sure he'll get better at parking as he gets more experienced I'm not sure what this has to do with me though. I haven't complained. Oh, no, I know you haven't complained Which is why I was going to ask if he could use your driveway to park since you don't use it I was very stunned at this Um, no, I do use my driveway when I leave and come home. I can't get to my garage without using my driveway Besides I have issues with depth perception and your son's truck is so big It will take up most of my driveway and I don't want to be responsible for any damage that might happen while it's on my property I mean what a polite way to say no your son can't park his car on my property Obviously Well, we'll make sure that he parks so that it will allow you to come and go without any issues. Yeah, no, that isn't possible. 
The only way he can park to allow me to get around him is if he parks halfway on my lawn And that wouldn't work because then he'd be damaging my lawn If you're concerned about his truck getting damaged Then just let him park in your driveway and put one of your other smaller cars in the streets Well, we've already discussed that and we'd actually have to park two cars in the street in order for him to use the driveway Look, it would be very easy for him to just park in your driveway and I can assure you that it will not be an inconvenience to you. Again, you don't even use your driveway. I'm sorry, but the answer is no. I'm not going to be responsible for his vehicle on my property and I need to be able to come and go without worrying about someone else's car. Now, the dad was actually very upset by this point. Well, you are not being very neighborly. I thought you were a nice woman. You don't use your driveway and this would benefit the whole neighborhood. At this point, I lose my temper. Listen, I told you no and I do use my driveway every time I pull into my garage and every time I leave. Look, I'm sorry you don't have enough parking for all your vehicles. I'm sure it's frustrating, but it's not my problem that you decided to buy a vehicle that didn't fit in your property. Now, while I also find it irritating to try and navigate the road with that truck in the way, it is public parking, and so I deal with it. I'm not going to have anyone else's vehicle parking on my property, though. Now, if you don't mind, I've got a sick kid and I need to get back to him. Have a good day. With that, I closed the door and then looked out the peephole and saw him give me the bird before he turned to leave. I just shook my head and had to take a moment to understand that I actually just had that conversation. I then loaded my son into the car and left to take him to minor emergency to get him checked out. All tests came back negative and I was told he probably had a run-of-the-mill virus and to keep him home and do self-care. I was told to bring him in if it gets worse, but not to worry. I went to work the next day and told my co-workers the story of my neighbor's request and they were shocked. I had one co-worker suggest that I send an email to my HOA to explain what happened just to get it on record because it was such an odd request. I took her advice and I typed up an email that day when I was at lunch and sent it. For those who want to know, it was just an FYI email, not a complaint. It basically stated that my neighbor made a request to park on my property and that when I declined, he got mad at me and I wanted it on record just in case anything ever happens. So I'm very glad that I sent this email. So Friday comes and my youngest son has been homesick since Tuesday afternoon. On Friday evening, I checked him and he had begun to run a fever and was complaining about several other things. I've been doing self-care with him since Tuesday and he didn't appear to be getting any better. Around 7 p.m., I decided to take him back to minor emergency and loaded him up in the car. I opened my garage door and I was absolutely shocked to see that very big F-350 sitting in my driveway blocking me. I can't describe to you how angry I was to see that vehicle sitting there. So I get out of my car and stomp over to my neighbor's house and bang on their door. This time it was the mum who answered the door and this was our conversation. She was irritated and kind of angry. Can I help you? You're interrupting our dinner. Your son is parked in my driveway after I told your husband he couldn't. I need to take my son to minor emergency and that truck is blocking me in. It's at this time that the dad walks up behind the mum and proceeds talking. He isn't blocking you in. You can get around him. No, I can't. You need to move that truck or I'm going to call the police and a tow truck. I need to get my son to see the doctor. The dad then turns to call for his son and then turns back to me. He's not blocking you, but fine. I'll have a mover. Yeah, it doesn't matter whether you believe he's blocking me in or not. 
He's not allowed to park in my driveway No one is allowed to park in my driveway and if I find an unauthorized vehicle parked in my driveway again I'm not gonna bother knocking on your door. I'm gonna have it towed It was at this time that I saw the son arrive at the door with his keys in his hands And I turned to leave and head to my car to wait for him to move his truck And I heard him call me that famous b word every woman has heard at least once in her life I ignored him and headed to my car and watched as he got in and after some effort Finally was able to back out of my driveway parking his truck in the street a little way down the road I was able to leave and take my son to minor emergency where as we waited for several hours to be seen I shot off another email to my hoa about what had just happened I want to advise that the hoa had already responded the day before that they received my email made a note of it and advised my property was my own and that I could give or deny access to it as I wish. It was this email string that I responded to while waiting for my kid to be seen. Again, all tests administered to my son came back negative and I was told it was a run-of-the-mill virus and that he'd be fine. The virus just had to run its course. I took him home and called it a day. Saturday evening, my oldest started complaining of a sore throat and I was starting to feel poorly myself. My youngest appeared to be getting better. So I figured that whatever he had, we were getting. So we stayed in all day Saturday and Sunday. Sunday evening at about 5.30, my oldest son spiked a fever. And while it came down a little, it didn't come down enough. So I loaded him in the car and off to minor emergency we went. The only one I could find that was open on Sunday at this time was on the other side of town. So I had to drive 20 minutes just to get there. We ended up waiting for three hours just to get in the door and then another 45 minutes until we saw the doctor. After a few more hours and all of his tests coming back negative, the doctor did state that she could hear some wheezing in his lungs. So she prescribed an inhaler for him to help him, but basically told me the same thing. He's got a run-of-the-mill virus and to let it run its course. I had to drive even further to the only 24-hour pharmacy available to pick up the inhaler and we didn't get back to the house until almost midnight. Guys, you can probably see where this is going, but let me set the scene for you. My son is half asleep in the passenger seat and complaining that he just wants to go home. I'm exhausted, feeling drained, and having coughing fits myself, and I'm just looking forward to going to bed. When I round the corner and saw that truck sitting in my driveway. This time, I couldn't even pull in because he was blocking me. And I also noticed that he was parked partially on my lawn. I was so mad I could hardly see straight. I googled and found a 24-hour tow truck service and explained that I had an unauthorized vehicle on my property that I needed towing. The woman said it would be about 30 minutes before they could get a truck there and I said that that was fine. In the meantime, I walked my kid to the house and put him to bed and then quickly went outside and took a picture from the street to show just how much of the driveway he was taking and that he was also parked on my lawn. I could not understand why they were parked in my driveway again after I had told them no. And the only thing I could come up with is that since there had been no activity at my house for hours, that my neighbors probably assumed I was in for the night and wouldn't notice the truck in my driveway. This is pure speculation, but it is normal for me to be in there for the night, especially after six o'clock. I don't know if they missed me leaving or just saw me leave but figured I was home, but it really doesn't matter because I told them they couldn't park on my property. It was about 12.30 a.m. when the tow truck arrived and I half expected my neighbors to come running, 
but there wasn't any activity from them and the driver left with the truck without incidents. I went in, shot off another email to my HOA along with pictures and an explanation that I had towed the vehicle and then I went to bed. At 6am this morning, I woke up to someone banging loudly and rapidly on my door. I didn't have to look. I knew who it was. I grabbed my phone, hit the video record button. Before I opened the door, I looked through the peephole and saw the dad and his son at my door. I opened up and here is the following conversation. Where is the truck? The dad shouted. I reply as calmly as I could while coughing. It was towed. You can call such and such company to make arrangements to get it back. You didn't have the right to tow it. You're going to pay to get it back. I had every right to tow an unauthorized vehicle on my property. I told you not to park on my property and you lot did it anyways. It blocked me from getting in my driveway last night. I told you I was going to have it towed after the last time you parked without my permission and I won't be paying anything to get it back. You stole the truck, you effing female dog. And I'm calling the police. I'm gonna sue you. Oh, you know what? Go ahead. In the meantime, I'm sick and I'm going back to bed. I closed the door and just stood there for a moment. I looked out the peephole and they were still there. The dad started banging and was also ringing my doorbell nonstop. He knocked and rang my doorbell for another four minutes before giving up. At this point, I am still recording and I didn't turn off the video until he was gone. I turned and saw my kids standing there. The noise had gotten them up and I just advised that if they were still feeling ill, go back to bed because that's where I was going. Now, I will honestly say that I didn't think that he would call the police, but the dad did. It was about another half an hour. I really wasn't looking at the clock and then I heard the doorbell ring. I got up, looked through the peephole and a police officer was there. I opened the door and had the following conversation. Good morning, mom. Sorry to bother you, but we've had a report from your neighbor. He is stating that you stole his son's truck by having it towed from the street and we need to talk to you about this issue. Good morning, officer. Well, you see, my neighbor is only telling you half the story. I had his truck towed this morning from my driveway when I returned home from minor emergency. I couldn't get into my driveway and I've already told him twice that him and his family can't park on my property. This issue started last week and I have emails to my HOA, pictures of his truck parked in my driveway this morning and a video of my neighbor's visit this morning where he called me names and told me he was going to sue me and called the police. I can show you all of that if you'd like. Yes, please. So you're saying that the trucking question was on your property without your permission and that you had it towed? Yeah. Last Tuesday, he asked if I would allow his son to park in my driveway. I told him no and he got mad at me flipping me off before leaving then friday evening when i was leaving i discovered that his son had parked in my driveway and i couldn't leave my garage i went over and demanded they remove the vehicle and i told them at that time that i would have the truck towed if they parked on my property again i came home late this morning and the truck was in my driveway so i had it towed i just want to confirm you're saying that it wasn't parked on the streets but it was in your driveway and you have proof of this Yes, sir. If you give me a minute, I'll print off the emails that I sent to the HOA that documents the issue. And I will also show you the picture and video as well. With this, the officer said that he would wait for me to print everything off. Once I got the emails printed, I then returned to the door. I opened my photos app to the officer to show the truck in my driveway, timestamped. 
I handed my phone and printed emails to him After looking at the photo where you could clearly see my house in the background The truck blocking the entrance and that it was partially on the lawn The officer then read the printouts He handed my phone back to me and asked me to open the video that I had referenced while he went over to the lawn to look I watched him look at the area and then take a few photos I could see my neighbor and his whole family standing in their driveway watching me and the officer The officer returned and I handed him back my phone with the video ready and he watched after he finished watching my video We had the following conversation. All right I'm gonna need a copy of that photo and video for my file If I provide you with an email, would you be able to send it to me? Yes, sir. No problem. Okay, well, I've got enough information for my files to determine that the vehicle was not on public property and was in fact on your property. I've made a note that you did not give permission for the vehicle to be parked on the property. Based on the emails you gave me with dates and times, it appears you did in fact advise your neighbor not to park on your property. Would you like to file a trespassing report for this incident? Oh, absolutely. As you said that you're not feeling well, you can either file with me now or you can go online later. He got his business card out and was writing on it and then handed it to me. Here is my business card with my email address that you need to use to send me your photo and video And the case number is on the card as well. Do you want to file with me now? Yeah, honestly, i'm exhausted and I would prefer to file online later Okay, no worries reference this case number when you email your evidence and file the online report Also reference my name in the report One more thing. I saw in the video where your neighbor stated he was going to sue you for having the truck towed. Now he can sue you if he wants. So I'd advise that you keep all of the evidence you provided me with today along with the case number I just gave you. Give it a few days and you can request a copy of the report and you'll want to keep that as well. If you decide to file an online report, you'll need to keep a copy of that too. I'm going to go and talk to your neighbor now and sorry to have bothered you. No, thank you officer And i'm really sorry that you had to come out. Have a good day, mom. Get some rest And with that I closed the door and went back to bed However, I was so mad that I didn't get any sleep a few hours ago I sent off my photo video and another copy of the hoa emails to the email address the police officer gave me And then I saved all of that information just in case I also filed a trespassing report online I then sat down and started typing the story Not really sure where this is gonna go, but i'm going to see it through now Look, I know that i'm going to get a lot of pushback from people saying that I should have just knocked on the door and had them move the truck But I feel that I was right to have the truck towed I'd already told them twice not to park on my property and it didn't stop. So that was the consequence I'm gonna post an update later if there is anything that comes of my report Or if the neighbor dad does actually follow up on his threat to sue me. I mean look What an absolute beast of a story that just was and to be honest with you I don't think that op deserves any pushback I really hope she didn't get any in the comments because it's illegal what they're doing You deserve to have a tow truck called on you. You're parking on someone else's property after they said no Sorry, that's what you deserve like I would love to add some more commentary here But I mean it's as simple as that in my opinion Do you guys agree if someone parks on your land and you've asked them not to I mean to be fair You don't even have to ask them not to it's nice to ask them not to fair enough OP did that but then doing it again Nah, get the tow truck in get that massive truck off to some like tow truck land I don't know what it's called like a land where they keep all the cars that have been towed Why do you even need a big truck anyway? For your 16 year old son. That's my question. Get him a little fiat punto. That'll suit him down to the ground. But OP, before you go, um, please do 
give us an update on what happens because I want to know, you know, how the suing goes. That's that's the most interesting part about this whole thing. This dad is literally suing seemingly for the sake of it. I mean, he's got nothing to sue for. He was the one who was doing the wrong thing, you know, him and his son. Why would you sue? What are you going to gain? I want to see what comes from that. And I also want to see what comes from, you know, the trespassing, legalities and stuff like that. So please do keep me updated because I want to know. Drunk mother showed up to berate me in the middle of the night and vomited all over herself. This happened not long after I turned 15 and my mum had tried to send me to military school behind my father's back. Well, that's a wonderful start, isn't it? We didn't know yet, but during this time, my mother was having an affair with an old high school ex-boyfriend of hers that she'd somehow reconnected with. She'd claimed that she was going out to drink with friends, but she really didn't have friends, save for a few co-workers she occasionally went out with, but they didn't really like her all that much. My dad and I figured maybe she'd finally made some real friends because she actually got a bit nicer and was leaving me alone more. Whenever mum went out drinking with co-workers, she always took a cab to head out and then came back in one later so she wouldn't drink and drive. The cab service even knew her by name since she called every week. None of her co-workers really tolerated her enough to be her designated driver, so no one really got suspicious when she was using this routine more frequently to go meet her lover. One night, however, my mum came home extremely drunk and hobbled her way up to my room. I awoke to her pounding on my locked door at about 4am. She was punching and kicking it from the way it sounded. I opened the door to see her standing there looking disheveled, swaying back and forth and slurring her words. She called me a bad child for not doing as she says anymore and that she wished she'd only had girls. I was understandably freaked out and told her to go away. It was about that time my dad showed up and this happened. The following is again paraphrased as this happened a long time ago. What the heck is going on here in the middle of the god dang night? My dad said. My mum replied very drunk. I was uh, I was telling this little idiot exactly what I think of him for disrespecting me. He's totally out of control. How much have you had to drink tonight? Oh, that's, that's none of your freaking business. You, you, you. It looks like she's thinking really hard for a second. Limp snake piece of fermented waste. I should have married the other guy. He's so much better than you. He treats me like a real woman. What other guy? Mum just then looked like she was going to hurl and turned to go down the hall and headed towards the upstairs bathroom. But she only managed to hobble about halfway before projectiles spewing her guts out all over the upstairs hallway. Then she fell over face first onto her own vomits and passed out dad was visibly disgusted he then asked me to help him get out of the bathroom so he could clean her up but as we went to lift her we noticed a smell quickly forming around us my mother had actually soiled herself while laying in her own vomits the smell of alcohol vomit pee and wet poop mixed together was horrendous but we still had to carry her to the bathroom. Oh my God, guys, I've got such a horrible image in my mind right now. My dad had me get a whole roll of paper towels and a garbage bag, then spent the next 45 minutes cleaning my mother up in the bathtub. He threw her clothes into the washing machine and then put her to bed. She woke up with a bad hangover the next morning, all the while not remembering anything she did or said, and she was more embarrassed than I'd ever seen her when she found out what happened. It wasn't me or my dad who told her. Nope, 
It was my sister. We were going to try and spare her the finer details on what happened, but my sister blabbed the whole thing in front of her while she was nursing a coffee at the kitchen table. My dad took some time off work to call in a carpet service that same day. He had the hallway carpet ripped up, then had the floor steam cleaned before new carpet was put down. My mother hid in her room the entire time because she didn't want to be seen, and she stayed clear of me for a while. But she then soon fell back into her usual habits My dad got suspicious after my mum mentioned the other guy And got the call logs from the phone company for both the house phone and my mum's cell phone And what he found was enough for him to call a private investigator My mum was outed as a cheater soon after Because she really didn't cover her tracks well And that's when my dad finally said he wanted a divorce I wasn't there to see the arguments when he called her out but I was told it was next level. She went crazy and threw stuff all over the kitchen. Broken dishes everywhere. Yeah, guess who got to clean that up? Also, if anyone is wondering what happened to the guy my mum was having an affair with, my dad told me he actually applied for a transfer at his job and skipped town pretty fast. I've got no idea where he went or where he is now. And from what I've heard, he didn't ever contact my mum again. So yeah, she threw away her marriage for a short fling that meant nothing. Not that I care. I'm one of the few people who are actually happy their parents are divorced. I mean, look, you guys probably know I've had some pretty drunk nights myself, but not to this extent. I don't think I've ever been in a state like this. Vomiting, sure, happens to the best of us, but also soiling yourself at the same time and having to be dragged upstairs into the bathroom and then put to bed by your husband. That is elite. Sorry. I mean, what a night she must have had. As for your mother, OP, um, yeah strange decision from her to do what she did i don't really get the benefit unless she was just super bored with her life and was like you know what let's just f everything up and see what happens maybe that's what she was going for but yeah clearly there were no long-term benefits and a lot of long-term disadvantages uh, like losing your entire family for one and now moving on to our second story of today's episode entitled uncle complains about halloween makeup dad kicks him out for some backstory At the time of this story, I, a 19-year-old woman, lived in a house with my five siblings, my parents, grandparents, uncle, and his twin sons. My siblings and I shared a room, my parents had a room, and my grandparents had the back room. My uncle and his kids lived in the backyard in a tent. What is going on in that house? Well, here we go. The reason they lived in the backyard is because my uncle used to treat my parents like it was his house and would criticize how we would clean. When my parents told him that it was in fact their house and not his he bought a tent and refused to come back in oh my god right so this is the sort of person that we're dealing with here goodness me here we go now my siblings and i do not get along with our uncle because he'd always disrespected us and called us names his kids were no better they'd constantly be telling us that we need to stop doing boy things my siblings and i would also have to keep all of our valuables close because our cousins were known thieves at this time i've been experimenting with special effects makeup and liquid latex this story takes place three days before halloween and on halloween itself story time I had just started working on a makeup look in my bedroom when my first cousin walked in on his phone looking around I ignored him and hoped he'd walk away and just leave me alone without any confrontation 
Of course, that was too much to ask. After hanging up the phone, he walked up to me and just stared. OP, no boy will ever want you if you keep wearing makeup and dressing like a insert rude word here. I just nodded without looking up from my mirror. I knew he hated when he couldn't get a rise out of me, but I didn't want to give him that satisfaction. OP, I'm talking to you. I'll tell your dad that you're being rude to me and you'll get in trouble. See, I knew he was lying. He wasn't supposed to be in my room when nobody was home. If my dad knew that he was in the room, the boys and my uncle would be locked out of the house. He then started to slap my mirror while I was doing my contour. At this point, I was getting really angry and irritated. I decided to finally answer him. What do you want? Quit ignoring me. No man wants a girl so obsessed with her makeup. You need to get rid of it. He walked up to my desk and started grabbing my stuff. I didn't use most of it anyway because there were colors I didn't like to use, but then he grabbed all of my eyeliners and I was forced to get up and grab the makeup out of his hands, putting it back where it belongs. No, I don't think so. Leave my stuff alone get out of my room. I wear makeup because I like it. You're freaking ugly with or without it anyways. No one will ever like you. You, again, insert rude word. You don't even have talent. Your makeup looks trash. He hissed out with a smile. With that, I felt my ears get hot and I pushed him out of the room. If I had a door, I would have slammed it. Wait, sorry, you don't have a door on your bedroom? Oh my god, what is this house? I'll admit, I may have pushed him a little bit rougher than I meant to, but I was angry. I always got comments about my makeup because I do have a more alternative style and I like bold colors. I told my sisters about everything that had happened and they just told me that he was a jerk and that they all loved my makeup. They all also had asked me if I was still willing to do their makeup for their Halloween costumes. And of course, I said yes. Halloween arrived and I began doing the girls' makeup while my cousins sat and watched. Two of them asked for lots of liquid latex and fake blood, seeing as they were dressing up as zombies. Of course they'd want to be something that a boy should be. I bet that's why you cut your hair. Are you one of those nasty slur for trans people? Commented my second cousin this time, making my first cousin laugh out loud and my sisters look sad. I saw my sisters start to pick at the liquid latex, trying to get it off. Hey, girls, don't forget that you're going to be the scariest looking zombies ever and you all better act like it. Tell you what, you can take two of my black shirts and tear them up for your costume. Sound good? When I mentioned my black shirts, they got really happy and ran to my closet. I turned my head immediately towards my cousins and I just snapped. You guys have no business talking to my sisters like that. Do it again and I'm going to kick you both in the balls. Before they could say anything, my sisters ran back in with some shirts and scissors. While they were tearing up the shirts, I started on my younger sibling, who asked me to make her a rainbow skeleton. The cousins were silent while I did her face. Hopefully, they'd be silent throughout the rest of the faces. My last sibling asked me to do a Guy Fawkes mask. She had always loved V for Vendetta, so we decided to watch the movie while I did her face. I keep looking at my cousins and only catch their evil eyes. As I was finishing the last one, my first cousin comes up to the seat and sits down on the chair I use for the girls. I looked at him just sitting in the chair and I started packing my stuff up. He looked confused and tried to grab my arm. What are you doing? Make me look like Darth Maul. He sounded angry. Why should I do your face? You didn't even ask me to do your face. 
I continued packing and I was just walking away. Well, just do it. You have all that stuff out. He sounded like a little kid that couldn't have another cookie. My cousins both came up to me and they began to berate me about how I'm such a female dog and should just do it anyways because I'd be getting experience. Sorry, are your cousins now choosing beggars as well? We shouldn't even have to ask you. Just do it. Yeah, quit being such a female dog. We're telling our dad. They finally just walked away and I went into the bathroom to make myself look like Ursula from The Little Mermaid. I took about an hour to finish and when I came out, they were standing in the living room watching TV with my uncle. My uncle then came up to me and started yelling about how I've always been so ungrateful and that I don't deserve anything. My sons are so upset that you won't do their faces and you've ruined Halloween for them. You're lucky you're not my kid or else I would be beating your butt black and blue. My uncle was still shouting at me when my parents came into the house. My dad immediately intervened. What the heck is going on here? Uncle, why are you yelling at my daughter like that? OP, are you okay? I didn't even realize I was crying until my dad asked me that. That little dog won't do their faces. She said she would. If she was my daughter, I... But my uncle got cut off by my dad's angry yelling voice. She isn't your daughter. You have no right to be yelling at her like that. I've been lenient towards you because you are my brother-in-law, but this is it. Pack your stuff and leave. You have until tomorrow morning to be out of here. Dad didn't even bother listening to my uncle's protests and started walking off. I looked at my cousins through my tears and was happy to see that they were upset. I should mention that the paint is what really made me tear up. It's water activated. So when I started crying and wiping my eyes, it got in my eyes and made the rest of my makeup run. My dad told me to fix my makeup and to go outside to trick or treat when I was done. I did as I was told and I had a blast. When we got home, my uncle and his kids were already gone. They spent months at my uncle's baby mama's house. Then she kicked them out because she found out he cheated on her. Last I heard from them, the boys were taken into CPS and my uncle put in jail because of him not having a house, job or a way to support them. I don't know the details, but if I did, I'd let you guys know. And finally, OP has actually posted a picture of her with the Ursula makeup. And I've got to say, it looks really good. Why is someone abusing you for that? Oh, it makes no sense. It's brilliant. Congratulations, OP. You're clearly very talented. Ah, oh, your uncle and his kids are not. The time my entitled mother-in-law and father-in-law almost killed my child. The title is a bit dramatic, but oh well. I just got inspired to write about my crazy mother and father-in-law, and I hope that this can be used as a cautionary tale in this crazy time of the vid. This was back in 2010. We had to live with my husband's family for a while. It was my sister-in-law's house, but we lived with her, her daughter, my mother-in-law, father-in-law, and brother-in-law. When my son was five months old, my niece got violently ill one night and kept throwing up. Obviously, I decided to keep the baby away from the family so he wouldn't get sick. They didn't like that, especially my mother and father-in-law, who kept whining and complaining that I was keeping their precious grandson away, even after explaining that I didn't want my niece to get him sick. 
I gave in eventually because I was tired of hearing them complain literally all day on the condition that my niece stays in her room the whole time and they wash first. Now, I'm aware that this is where I messed up. I had to use the bathroom and was only gone for a few minutes. When I came back, my niece was on the couch holding my son, snot dripping from her nose, throat scratchy, with my father-in-law telling her, give your cousin a big kiss, which she does right on the lips i freak out and snatch my baby and lock us in the bathroom so i can wash him the whole time my mother and father-in-law were at the door telling me that i'm overreacting and that sharing germs builds immunity and other bs of course the next morning he has a high fever and he's really lethargic I tell the in-laws that I want to take him to the hospital, but my sister-in-law was adamant that it wasn't that bad and that I should make an appointment with his pediatrician instead. Now, I didn't have a license or a car, so I had to rely on other people. Like an idiot, I listened to her because I thought she was on my side and knew more because her child is older. I made an appointment for that afternoon. I get there and the doctor took one look at him and told me to take him to the hospital, which was one block down and said that they'd be expecting me. He was admitted as soon as we walked in the door. They told me that I was lucky and that if I'd waited any longer, my baby wouldn't have lasted until the next day. His lungs were filling up with mucus and he couldn't breathe. He had to be hooked up to an oxygen tank and they had to vacuum suction the mucus out every hour. We spent a week in the hospital and he made a full recovery. Of course, the in-laws fully blamed me, my mother-in-law especially, but the others more or less agreed with her. She said my son got sick because I was dirty for having a child out of wedlock and a bad mother. My husband was fuming and told her off, but that woman has the worst case of selective hearing I've ever seen. I never fully trusted her ever again. Right, guys. Now, I'll be honest. I don't know exactly which infections and which diseases a baby is supposed to get before they are a certain age. I do know that you are meant to expose your baby to certain ones of those, aren't you? Like, you know, chicken pox and stuff like that. You're meant to get at an early age so they don't affect you negatively later on in life. But that's not the case with every infection, is it? I mean, come on. You're not like permanently coughing on your baby when you're sick, trying to get them ill or, you know, kissing them on the mouth when they're not even your child come on that's ridiculous like look those of you that are more informed than me comment down below what you're actually supposed to do i clearly have no idea but i'm pretty sure you're not supposed to do that that is a little bit too far and i don't even know why i'm laughing to be honest that could have been so so serious yeah i've just i've just completely forgotten that your baby nearly died op i'm so sorry good thing you got to a doctor in time though my god because that could have been absolutely tragic that's unbelievable i mean i know your husband got annoyed with his parents and that side of the family but they don't seem to care that much that's what's mental like surely at least they've apologized or something but throughout the story at the end of it i saw not even like a a hint of an apology just oh it's your fault are you kidding me because you married out of wedlock your child nearly died these people man unbelievable i mean seriously a baby nearly died and they don't even care it's shocking now moving on to our second story entitled mum accuses me of luring her kid to my car then gets upset that i didn't offer him snacks so it's the first week of school and my nephew andy and his friend falcon are attending the same school again this however is a new school not the last one 
Both my sister-in-law and my neighbor, Sissy, Falcon's mother, have me on their emergency contact. And given that I have an active role in both the boys' life, I was asked to come in and walk the halls, do the meet and greet, and fill out some information. I've been given this little yellow card for when they get off the bus. As Clarissa and Sissy are both at work, the boys and little Beth will be chilling at my house after school. I've got a card for Beth as well. All things are good and everyone's happy. Later, I'm waiting at the bus stop in my 2000 Civic, which is immediately a ricer. I've got a kit on it that kind of makes it look like a skyline. I'm driving it a lot right now because I've agreed to give it up to my niece for her 16th. And I want more time with my first car after putting almost 10 years of work into it. Things start when I hear a lady, we'll call her Karen, not because she's a Karen, but because I know that's her name, talking rubbish about my car. She's over there, standing outside her Ford Focus, looking like the mean female dog she always is. Now, I know Karen well enough. Her son, who I will call Dennis, like the menace, was once Falcon's friend, and would be at my house with Andy and Falcon and their other friend, Puck. Puck is not his name, but I call him that, and it's a nickname that sticks. He looks like the character from Gargoyles when I was little. Little boy with long platinum blonde hair and elf-like features. He likes the nickname, his parents get the joke, but he is a timid, effeminate little boy. So, a little backstory on why I'm bringing this all up. Puck, Dennis, Andy, and Falcon were over my house a lot. Puck would come by all the time to get otter pops or fruit snacks or muffins randomly, even when Andy wasn't around. He's a good kid, they play with him all the time. Then, one day, he stopped coming over when Andy and Falcon were over, but he would still stop by randomly. So I'd noticed Dennis being a brat to Puck, and I had a couple of times stopped Andy and Falcon from being mean or saying mean things to the kid. They never mistreated this kid before Dennis started hanging out with them. Turns out, Karen, Dennis's mum, is like a hardcore Baptist-style Christian and thinks that little Puck is gay and therefore didn't want Dennis hanging around him. She even came to my house and talked to me, saying she didn't want Puck there when Dennis was there. When I kindly told her to go Puck herself, you don't dictate what happens in my home, she hit me up with the you're not even the kid's father kind of rubbish. Now Falcon's dad was still alive at this point, so I asked him to go tell her to go Puck herself. Sissy didn't like her anyway. Well, I came to find out from Puck's mother that Dennis had told Puck he couldn't play with them at my house anymore and that Dennis had beat up Puck. I went to talk to Dennis about this later when he was at my house, and he said that his mum had told him it was okay because Dennis was a, insert horrible slur here, and he was going to hell. These kids aren't even 11 yet, my God. So I went to confront Karen, who was a real dog about it, like terrible, and I ended up saying that Dennis could not come back to my house. Also, I talked to Falcon and Andy about what Dennis did, has been saying, and I also talked to their parents. End results, neither Clarissa or Sissy wanted their kids to be around Dennis. Sissy didn't like Dennis because of all the trouble he caused in her house, and this was just the final straw. So, fast forward. Right, so we're back at the bus stop now. Karen is giving me the stink eye, and I'm just ignoring her. The bus comes, Andy and Falcon get off, and they come to my car. All the kids are actually fascinated by it. Now, usually I hardly let the kids ride in it instead of my truck because, well, I worked all summer long back in 2006 to get these fancy seats and stuff. 
I usually don't even like to have little kids in it But i'm cruising and we're gonna go to rita's today Italian ice a bunch of the neighborhood kids come up and they're talking and asking about my car I'm letting him see the inside though. I'm wiping hands or whatever I got a little thing on the front like Knight Rider. Yes, I'm a nerd, but it's cool. More buses come and we're waiting for Beth's bus. She goes to a different school. And eventually, Dennis gets off his bus. He sees Andy and Falcon. He sees the car. He sees me and he comes over. Now, I could be a butthole here and tell the kid to get lost, but I'm not particularly venomous about the kid. He comes up and his mother comes over quickly. He asks me if he can see the car. He's always been into it. I look at Andy and Falcon, who are like, not sure what to do. And I'm like, sure, Dennis, take a mask, wipe your hands. I've got a box of masks and gloves and hand wipes and stuff. Now, half of that was in the car before COVID. But you know, little kids can't be vaccinated and they got grubby little Cheeto hands. Now, Dennis's mum does not like this. I hear her screech. What's going on? What are you telling him? Now, he's actually cool about it. He says, it's okay, mum. He just asked me to wipe my hands and wear a mask. He's gonna let me sit in the front. Then she gets involved with the, why does he have to wear a mask? The other kids aren't wearing a mask stuff. I tell her, the ones who jumped in my car got a mask and had to wipe their hands. She then goes off about COVID and blah, blah, but then takes a turn when she says something in her tirade about me luring kids to you with your car, which I had to stop and stare at her for. Now, Andy, my nephew, has been in the car many times. He knows that if you lift the thing in the back seat, there's a cooler down there, so he goes for the snacks. He always does, while this crazy lady is yelling at me. After a moment of craziness and the boys munching on chips, Beth shows up. I'm so happy. I close my doors, lock them, and go and get her. I come back, and Karen is still at my car, waiting to fuss at me. Dennis is waiting to get in. I tell him, look, maybe next time, because I just want to leave at this point. He asks if he can have a snack, and I look at his mum, and she goes, what, you're not even going to offer him a snack? You gave the other kids snacks? Now, technically, Andy was the one who gave Falcon snacks from my car. And if he didn't give Dennis one, well, that was intentional. I know Andy, and he's a little stinker in the making. But I'm like, sure, fine. What do you want? We got chips and juice and some mini Snickers. All stuff I can't eat anymore due to my diet, but I keep in my car and I keep my shelves stocked. Gotta use that Costco card for something. Dennis does not want a snack now. He wants to get into the car. I think he thinks it's either or, like he can't do both. His mum snarls and tells him to get a snack. Then Beth asks if we're going to Rita's. And I say, yeah, we'll go to Rita's. And she says she hopes they have the birthday cake. Now Dennis goes, ooh, birthday cake. Can I come? Now at this point, I really don't know what to say. Like, hey, you mini hate crime to kid. So Sissy and Clarissa don't want you around their kids. And I don't particularly like you, which would be the truth. But instead, I immediately get slick at the mouth and say, I don't think that's a good idea. I wouldn't want to lure you in with my car and the promise of treats, looking directly at his mum, who then lays into me for not offering to take the kid, not five minutes after she said that exact same thing earlier. She then starts talking loudly and gets the other parents involved. But this is my neighborhood, and most of these people know me, Andy, and Falcon, and Dennis has been a little idiot forever, and people are tired of Karen. So, thankfully, the most unlikely person in the world spoke up. 
It was an old asian lady who was so sweet I didn't even think that she spoke english or at least spoke it well But she told karen to shut up and take her horrible kid home and I heard that clear enough Folks began laughing. Karen scowled at me and I told Dennis he can sit in the front seat before he left if his mum agreed. Now, of course she didn't, called me a butthole and she just dragged her kid off. After that, we went to Rita's and all was good. But I heard the kids talking about Dennis's crazy mum the whole time. I tried to stir the conversation away, talking about their first day back at school and all that, but nope, they wanted to talk about Dennis and his crazy mum. So yeah. That's my experience with an entitled mum. The problem is, this is probably gonna be a thing since we're picking up the kids at around the same time. Though the rest of the week, she only glared at me from her punk car and Dennis has arrived before Andy and Falcon since. So it's not been a huge deal, but I'm sure that that woman is a ticking time bomb. Oh my God, mate, that is just the worst. So you've had this big falling out, you know, this big confrontation. Clearly you two are not liking each other. And you know that you're going to have to see this woman probably, what, for the rest of the school year, maybe multiple school years, every weekday, every school day, at the same time, every day. God. That is horrible, but at least you put her in a place, so well done. As for Dennis, I completely get what you're saying, because you know earlier in the story, Opie said that he doesn't really have a problem with Dennis, despite the fact that Dennis is the one who was, you know, saying all these horrible things. But it's clear that he is learning and getting this stuff, this horrible, abusive mentality and language from his entitled mum. So as Opie does, I completely blame the mother, as I do with all these stories, you know. Dennis is 11. Like, guys, how bad can an 11-year-old really be? You know, they're just, they're listening to what their parents are saying taking loads of information in from them and they're gonna base their opinions and what they say off of their parents obviously like any normal kid so i don't really blame him and i completely blame the mum. let me know if you you know agree with that or do you put some blame on dennis I don't. He's 11. And there we go, guys. That is going to do it for this movie. Really hope you have enjoyed it. If you've sat through and watched or listened to the entire thing, then you're an absolute legend. Thank you so much. Really hope you enjoyed it. Some great stories in there. Some of the best from the past few months. To be honest, I know you guys absolutely love this movie series so much, so I do try and make as many of them as I possibly can. Hope you're still enjoying them. If you want to watch another one right away, I've left four on screen for you to choose from. If you don't, no worries. Don't really blame you. That was a lot of content right there. And um, yeah, if you're new to the channel, subscribe. Thank you once again so much for watching, and I'll see you guys all later with another video. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.